0: This is the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I'm your host, master coach, and emotional resiliency expert, Lisa Carpenter. I'm here to be your guide through real, raw conversations, navigating life as a high achiever. This show covers what it takes to create physical and emotional well-being, along with how to honor and partner with your body. I'm here to guide you to a connected relationship with yourself, turning self-care into a way of being, and not just another task on your to-do list. After all, the things we love, we take care of. This podcast gives you permission to love what you do, but love yourself more. Welcome to the Full Frontal Living Podcast. Good morning, or afternoon or evening, Full Frontal Living (laughs) listeners, welcome to another episode of the podcast. And today I have brought on one of my dear friends and goddess mamas. This woman just holds such amazing space and energy for me. Uh, I don't even think that she really knows, although she's sitting across from me right now. Um, how much she matters in my life, and especially during this time when we're all trying to get used to this new normal, if we want to call it that, it's really important for me that I bring people onto the podcast who I know are going to support you, my dear listener, in finding your way and being grounded and coming out the other side of this even better than who you were when you walked in. So, this isn't about surviving and just getting it done while we're in the middle of this, but learning how we can actually take this time to thrive and cultivate a better relationship with ourselves. So, today I have on Aisha Francis who hosts this amazing moon circle that I'm a part of, which we're going to talk a little bit more about that. So, you know, if you're not on the woo side, stay with me because the moons are not woo. It's a real thing in the sky. It impacts us. um, And we often don't even realize it as women, how much the moon impacts us. Uh, Because so many of us, especially the listeners of this podcast are so disconnected um, from their bodies, from themselves. So we are going to have an amazing conversation about personal power. We're going to talk about Self care, not as something you do, but as a way of being, and what that looks like. And who knows what else we're going to dive into, to be quite honest. So, I shall thank you so much for being here, for taking this time, um, and for sharing your gifts with my listeners. I appreciate it.
1: No, thank you so much for having me.
0: And I would love for you to introduce yourself, what you're all about. Where you are in the world, because you're on the other side of the world for me, which is what I love about this virtual Mm -hmm. land that we live in, that so many people are now starting to explore, Mm -hmm. right? This world that I've been in for for five years now. So go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody so everybody can get a little flair for you.
1: Thank you. I'm Aichel, and I am based in Northumberland in the UK, which is like the borderland between England and Scotland. Um, So very rural, think Outlander-looking type country is where I live, basically. Um, I'm mother to four children between the ages of 19 and 10. And I am a coach, mentor, guide, and healer. And I assist women being able to step fully into their personal power and use their intuition so that they become the center of their own lives again.
0: So obviously we're so aligned. Our work is so aligned in what we do. And, uh, I love how you talk about personal power and intuition, because I can tell you that Lisa of eight years ago didn't, I had intuition.
1: Mm-hmm. I just
0: didn't ever listen to it. I was constantly overriding it because I wasn't, I wasn't standing in my personal power. I did not even know what that meant. I didn't even know that I was so covered in stories and beliefs and behaviors that I, w- I was really numb to who I was. So can you speak to personal power and what that means? Because for some of my listeners, they may have never heard that term before or really understand what it means.
1: Yeah, no, I was totally the same as you. I had no idea what it was, how giving it away, how I was going to get it back or anything. So when I speak on this, it's truly my journey that I'm speaking on. So personal power is something that we all have. We come to this planet with it. It's sometimes referred to your seniority. And what happens from when we're raised in society, in families, in religions, in nations, it erodes all the time because we become domesticated or indoctrinated with other people's views and opinions other people's stories so what we think is our identity and our story actually isn't it's somebody else's but we've believed them so we allow it to become our own so what happens is we're here with all this power and then daily or monthly or yearly but if you look at it on the daily we give it away to other people So like when you said you doubted your intuition, each time you have that gut feeling or you have that inner voice when you know which way you should turn, and then you second guess yourself, you doubt it, um, the overthinking starts, and then each time you do that, you give away some of your power. So you'll give it away to somebody, a colleague at work, you'll give it away to your spouse when you get irritated in traffic because somebody cuts in front of you, you're giving your power away to that person in that moment. So if you think on a day, how many times we are leaking that energy, by the end of the day, we have nothing left of ourselves. And this is when we feel like utterly exhausted. We get decision fatigue. We have nothing left to give anybody else, let alone ourselves. So it's learning to... See where you're doing that, where you're giving away your power in those moments and learning a way to stay in peace. So you see that all of these things that you give away your power to, none of it is about you. It's usually about other people. So if somebody cuts you up in traffic, that's not about you. It's about the other person and what they're doing in the day they're having. But we give our power to them in that moment when we get irritated because we've lost the peace within ourselves. Does that make sense though? I love it.
0: I love it. Well, because the, the way I describe this when I'm talking to you know, my clients, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast, but who knows? I can't remember what I talked about from week to week, to be honest. Um, if you've ever watched the episode Friends, mm-hmm. when Joey Tribbiani walks in wearing all of Chandler's clothes, right? <laughs> all of his clothes. This is kind of what we do when we come to this planet. From a young age, we start looking to our right and to our left and always looking for that feeling of love, safety, and belonging. Those are some core needs that we all have as humans. And if we think any of those are at risk, we will start to morph or change ourselves. We become like chameleons or we put these layers of clothing on. And what ends up happening when you're walking around with all the clothes on, it's exhausting. And you can't hear your own voice. You can't hear your own intuition. So to me, reclaiming your personal power is about shedding every piece of clothing that isn't yours and really checking and saying like, is this mine? Or is this about making that other person happy? Or like you said, the guy that cuts you off in traffic, what are, you know, why are you making it about you? And this was my life like this was my life this was you know perfectionism was a layer of clothing control was a layer of clothing trying to get other people's approval of me was a layer it was it was always looking for that sense of self-worth and belonging sure. outside of myself so yeah i was exhausted all the time which is why you know, I face burnout. So many of the women that I work with face burnout. And right. I actually believe that right now in this crisis, even though everybody's not everybody, but a lot of people are sitting at home on their butts, watching yeah. their Netflix, doing whatever <laughs> people are going to come out the other side of this burnt out going yeah. like, how can I possibly be burnt out? Because I haven't really been doing anything. And that's giving away your personal power.
1: Sure. Yeah. Right. It's, so it's You know, as women, we're the one that wears all the hats, (laughs) you know, we're usually the main, the primary caregiver with children, even if we have a full on career. And then even like as part of your career, you'll be wearing multiple hats rather than one distinct role. And we're just so many things to so many people that along the way, we forget who we are to ourselves. You know, it's going back to remembering who you are like without all the labels, before other people gave you identities, like who were you before all of that? You know, when you think back to when you were a carefree girl before any of these labels and things were handed to you, who was that? What did you used to enjoy doing before you became embarrassed to do it? Before Mm -hmm. somebody else told you, no, women don't do that. Before somebody said, no, you don't dress like that. You know, who were you when you were that kind of unlabeled being? and it's getting back to the core of that. I love that. So share with everybody,
0: how was, how did you find your, like what was your journey back to your personal power? What happened in your life that made you realize? Mm. Right? I want to hear the backstory.
1: Yeah, I was total perfectionist, Mm. total white knuckling my way through life, controlling everything. Trying to control other people around me, you know, when my when my children were young, trying to control everything they ate, and you know, nutrition had to be perfect, all organic, all homemade, you know, no additives or anything. I was controlling that, I was controlling my career, I was controlling my relationship. It was like everything was planned and i mean i used to joke somebody was said do you never do anything spontaneous and i was like oh yes i plan for spontaneity in my week <laughs> And they were like do you realize how ridiculous that is what you've just said and i couldn't see it because that's how i was literally like that like everything sticky notes you know i was like total schedules and plans because that gave me a sense of worth it's like i am controlling my life so now i have a sense of worth and a sense of purpose and what flipped it all on its head was my mum became sick. She had cancer, but she only found out in the late stages of it. So in a matter of literally about six weeks from her diagnosis till she passed away and we were really close and we planned loads of things like I used to work with her and all of the control of like, everything is mapped out. everything is controlled, got flipped on its head instantly. And I realized in that moment, I have no control over anything. Like, I literally don't know what's going to happen next week. And for somebody that is so into perfectionism and thing, that just rocked my world. Was like, what do you mean? I don't know what's going to happen next week. I plan everything out. So I had to, like, go back to the root and find out who I was without all the control and without all the planning. And it was so difficult to let go of control. Like even with the children, like a yes, you can do that risky thing walking along that difficult thing in the playground. I'm not gonna freak out about that. So it was just gradually letting these things into my life daily and just not saying things when my perfectionist head was saying it, not speaking it out loud to start with. And then realizing, How much power I had when I didn't do that, that I'd been like letting go and releasing all of my power with trying to control things. So it wasn't instant. I can't say I changed overnight. (laughs) It took a lot of years to get to the point where I'm just like, yeah, whatever, free and easy, much more relaxed. But yeah, that was the moment because you suddenly realize, and it'll be in this kind of time now where a lot of people will be realizing. I never had any control, (laughs) you know, you think, you know, what's going to, you know, you think you have a secure job. You think that you've got your whole year planned out, you know, your family vacations or whatever. And then something like this happens and you go, Oh, I never had any control in the first place.
0: Right. Right. That's the the big joke is all on all of us right now because we do, we believe in certainty and we love our habits and our routines and our rituals because they make us feel safe. Um, control is often about that too, navigating fear, right? Mm-hmm. Wanting to have that certainty. I was a real control freak as well. But if you had said to me, you're a control freak, I would have been like, no, I'm not. Like I I couldn't even, I couldn't see it. I couldn't yeah. even see the perfectionism yeah. and, and what that was all about. And, you know, I get so many questions around, well, how do you change? Like, how do you change this, right? People want the manual. Mm-hmm. And one, it starts with creating a, the awareness, right? You had the awareness, that you had no control. Mm -hmm. And then being present to what that feels like, because it doesn't feel good. Like I know for me, when I realized that these were things in my life, then I had to wade through the shame and the embarrassment and the frustration that those things were there, right? Like judgment showed up, which was not helpful. (laughs) it's not it's not helpful right like so we're being hard on ourselves we have these behaviors then we realize that we have these behaviors so we become hard on ourselves and then we look for the perfect solution to fix them Um, but it really does just start with an awareness and being willing to be in the discomfort of letting your kids do that scary thing
1: absolutely or
0: leaving the dishes in the sink (laughs) because nobody's gonna die if there's dirty dishes in the sink yeah. or, you know, leaving stuff on the counters or whatever it may be, right? Just yeah. having fun because the opportunity presents itself to you, not because it was perfectly scheduled in
1: Absolutely. Day
0: at 10 o'clock.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I think what you said was also valid is this work takes time.
1: Yeah.
0: So although things can change in an instant, which we've all come to recognize,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, the unraveling of the behaviors that for me, and it sounds like for you as well, they were like breathing. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: You just don't, you don't learn how to breathe differently overnight. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: So a lot of patience and grace and kindness in um, letting go of these ways of being. Mm -hmm. So now that you have anchored yourself into your personal power, and this is the place that you work from now, how's that changed your life? How's it changed your relationships and your business and how you're navigating?
1: Yeah, it, it changes everything. I know people say that about stuff, but like everything shifts because you see the world from a different perspective. You're not seeing, you're like observing the world rather than being completely absorbed by it. So you're able to kind of objectively view things rather than reacting to it. I think that's the most peaceful thing about it is that you're in it but not of it, <laughs> you know. So there can be things happening around you and you don't instantly react to it because you're still grounded in your inner peace. So even like with a relationship, if somebody's trying to provoke you into an argument it just washes over you because it's you're not part of that anymore you realize that that's not about you so when somebody else is doing it you can objectively look at it and say why are they doing this it's because they're not receiving what they need so then you're able to look at what is it that they need whereas before you'd be like oh it's all about me they're doing this because I've done this or I haven't done this like I would have an argument with my husband and then spend a week trying to work out what I did. What did I do wrong? What did I do? Oh, it must have been because I didn't say this. It must have been. And then coming to the place now where I realize that if that happens, it's not about me. It's not about what I did or didn't do. It's about him. (laughs) You know, working through that and going, what is it that he needs? And being able to help somebody with that improves the relationship because it's improving them at the same time as improving yourself.
0: Yeah, I think that that's really powerful, that ability to be able to respond instead of react, right? That to to take a step back and stop making it about you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I talk to so many clients who something happens and it literally, they've made it mean so much about themselves instead of being able to say, but what might be going on for this other person, right? Mm -hmm. So if we go back to that analogy of the, you know, the person that cuts you off in traffic, or, you know, your mom says this thing to you, because we love, parents are great triggers, I find, <laughs> for many of my clients, right? We we write so many interpretations around that, mm-hmm. right? What if the guy who's just cut you off in traffic just found out that his daughter fell off the swing set at school and broke her arm, and he's racing to get there, instead of him just being a jerk or, you yeah. know, whatever it is. Um, Yeah, and when you start to recognize that everybody is working from their own specific wounds, whatever you want to call them, there's a much bigger opportunity to show up with an open heart in those situations instead of making it so um, volatile. So I think that that's amazing. So hopefully you're listening to this and going, Oh or questioning where are you leaking your personal power? What does that look like for you? What kind of you know conversations are you engaging in that aren't helpful for you? What do your relationships look like in your life? Um, where are you giving away your personal power so where can what other areas can people look for so we talked about perfection we talked about control where what other in relationships what other places can people look for in terms if they're doing this exploration
1: yeah for me one of the really clear things was anger
0: when Mm -hmm. i got into
1: anger because again as women i think there's a lot of shame attached to anger You know, if men get angry, it's just manly, (laughs) you know, they're supposed to. But with women, there's often real shame attached to it that we aren't supposed to behave that way. And when I got angry, I was completely out of alignment. So that was one of the ways of showing me that I was out of alignment. And I had to do a lot of work on transmuting that shame of being angry and going, no, it's just showing me you know, an area that I need to work on. And it also showed me what I was passionate about. Because if I'm getting angry in my relationship, that means I'm passionate about it. Because if I was finished with it, you know, if I'm in a marriage and I'm completely finished with it, don't care about it, ready to leave, I wouldn't get angry about things because there's no passion there anymore. So there was different ways of trying to look at certain emotions and give them a more positive spin rather than seeing everything negatively so that was a huge thing for me as well and then I was able to go okay so when you get angry here it's because you're leaking your power here because and then you know you find ways to fix the leak and then you move on but it's like I said anger for me was a massive thing to say no you're totally out of alignment because that's not how I naturally am you know like you said I'm very grounding and I'm very laid back. So if I go into the extreme of another emotion like that, I'm totally out of balance somewhere. And it's usually like the yin yang energies, I'm going more into my masculine side. And it may be because there's a situation at work that I have to, you know, like take on this powerful energy or something. But when I realize that the divine feminine is so powerful, that I don't need to keep going over to this masculine side. I can stay rooted within my feminine self and be so powerful that I don't need to keep going out of balance because everything within me is already balanced.
0: That's such a masculine and feminine energy. I love that conversation too, because that's a whole other wormhole we can go down. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to say, you know, when it comes to anger, resentment, all of our emotions, what so many women don't realize and men as well, but you know, I'm specifically talking to women on this podcast is our emotions are just guideposts. They show up to lead us. They're here to tell us that there's something here for us. And if we're just willing to indulge them and that doesn't mean throwing things across the room, if you're angry, but Mm -hmm. actually acknowledge that you're angry. And what is, what is this anger trying to tell me? you will find the answers because it's never, it's rarely what you think it is, Mm -hmm. right? You think the anger is about your husband, but your anger is actually trying to show you that some of your needs aren't being met or it's rubbing up against a value. There's so much wisdom in our emotions. Mm -hmm. If we could just get to the place of no longer making them right or wrong or good or bad, they just are. And like you said, for women, gosh, we've just been painted into a corner. We're not allowed to be angry. Don't be too happy. Don't shine too bright. Don't have too much of an ego. Don't cry. Cause now you're needy and you're, you know, you're too emotional. You know, like there's just no right way to turn. I've got clients who, you know, they don't want to be the person that cries because they don't want to be that, uh, drama. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the, that's the phrase women like to use. I don't want to be that drama queen, but then on the other spectrum, I'll have clients that say, well, I'm not an angry person. And I'm like, well, I'm not saying you're an angry person, but are you saying that you're devoid of the emotion of anger? Cause that's not true either. Like we have this full spectrum that we get to run. Uh, but because of the stories we tell ourselves about what these emotions mean, or because we don't actually want to be present to them, We miss out on their magic and we miss out on their gifts. Mm -hmm. So I love, I think anger and resentment are so powerful. And like you said, apathy, if you're apathetic about something, I would rather be angry than apathetic.
1: There's a passion behind anger.
0: (laughs) Yes. Apathy is like, if you've gotten to that place in your relationship, you better be taking a hard look at your relationship. So So, And then the masculine and feminine energy, you know, this comes back to emotion. I think so many of my listeners are so grounded in their masculine energy, the doing, right? Mm -hmm. feels like, I know for me, it was intoxicating and powerful. Um, It made me feel in control, right? Masculine energy is just, it's, it's strong. (laughs) And then I realized masculine energy is quite destructive, if left untethered. Um, So I had to go through a whole process around, you know, getting my personal power back and understanding that it was actually my feminine energy is way stronger, way more grounding. Right. Because what calls, you know, traditionally, if we look at it, men go out there, the hunter gatherers, and we're at home holding down the fort. It's very old school way of thinking. I get it, but stay with me here the men always come home to the feminine energy because the feminine energy is grounding and loving and nurturing. It's very, very powerful. Uh, It never burns you out. It always guides the way. It always knows the way, but this is such a great kind of transition into talking about self-care and what self-care is because my stance on self-care is it's not something that we do. It's actually a way of being. It's how we embody, how we care for ourselves, which is feminine. Yeah, that—that's yeah. feminine energy. That's nurturing, loving yeah. energy. But we want to turn it into this doing thing. Mm-hmm. So I'd love for you to talk about your um, journey with self-care, what it looks like for you.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, because I think it's going to really resonate with my listeners.
1: Yeah. Well, self-care was definitely another doing thing for me. It was something else to put on the schedule, something else to have a sticky note, a reminder, don't forget to do this, don't forget to do that. Every Friday night I'd do a face mask because that's self-care. You know, it was, there was no relaxation in it at all. You know, I've never been one to necessarily go out and have manicures or facials or anything, but it, it was always a doing energy. It was just another thing to add to this huge schedule of to-do things. So it had the opposite effect of self-care because it was something that I saw as kind of indulgent, if there was other things to do during the day, it would get left off. But because it was on the to-do list and I failed to complete it, then I'd go into shame and, oh, you didn't do your full to-do list. Oh, you're so terrible. And then all these conversations would start in my head about how I failed because I only did 272 things off of my 274 things to do today.
0: <laughs> and were your kindred too- spirits?
1: <laughs> this whole thing about taking time for self, became like something i would beat myself up with it was like i can't even do self-care what kind of person are you you know and all of these conversations and also it was even when i did self-care and this was a huge thing for me i wouldn't ask for help so it was another thing so if i took 20 minutes for myself to do whatever it was that would be the 20 minutes that I would usually cook the family meal. So I wouldn't say to my husband, could you cook the family meal while I do this? Because I saw it as so indulgent that I couldn't possibly ask for help while I was doing the thing. So then it gave me less time to do my other things. And again, it just, it became like this huge thing that worked the opposite of what the energy was supposed to be. So for me, self-care is stopping. It's not doing, it's totally being. So for me, now self-care would be making myself a pot of tea, going and sitting in the garden and listening to the birds for 20 minutes. And that will rejuvenate me more than rushing off in the car somewhere to have a facial, rushing back to do this or that. So it's really... One thing I'm really passionate about is making sure that everybody knows you don't have to do what everybody else does. Your story is your story. Don't allow somebody else's to become yours. So how your self-care looks is totally different to the person sitting next to you. And because you read a magazine that says, try these self-care tips doesn't mean they're going to work for you. Oh my gosh. You have to find what works for you always.
0: I, so One of the phrases that I learned when I was learning about self-care and slowing down and, you know, kind of restraining my masculine doer energy was that doing nothing is doing something. And I was Mm -hmm. like, My brain couldn't get wrapped around that doing nothing is doing something because I was one of those people that literally thought like, why would you take a nap? Why would you just sit and do nothing? Like I got a gazillion things to do. Like who's got time to sit and do nothing, not seeing the value of it. And when we rest, when we just practice being, that is actually when our bodies are restoring our spirit is restoring our mind is restoring um you know if we were to look at it from an athletic standpoint you don't actually grow when you're training you grow when you're resting right right your food digests when you're resting do you know how hard it is for your body to break down your food when you're trying to like do a gazillion things and then if we use nature right nature which is in you know, definitely feminine energy. Mm-hmm. When it's winter, there's a lot of doing going on in the being, right? Mm-hmm. The seeds that are under the ground that are doing their things so that they can birth, um, you know, burst forth in spring. But that is one, you know, doers and, and a lot of the women who listen to this podcast, they're so grounded in the self-cares, the doing mm-hmm. that they really struggle with just sitting and being it almost like it, it, it's like you've when I first started practicing just like being still and, and really allowing that doing nothing to be something mm-hmm. it almost felt like I almost felt itchy right like right. the discomfort mm-hmm. in that yeah. the discomfort in that was so overwhelming but the more you are willing to be in your discomfort now I'm really good at doing nothing, almost to the extreme that sometimes I'm like, am I ever going to go back to doing, which is not true because I really have found, and I know you have as well, you know, once you learn how to play with these different energies, you become a master at it and you yeah. can really go seamlessly from just being, doing nothing. Mm-hmm into still having that drive and ambition and the ability to get stuff done but know when to take your foot off the gas again and go back to just that place of peace and one day i will be sitting in your garden with you
1: yes (laughs) yes please and
0: it's going to be it's going to be so so lovely so all of this you've gone from this massive doer and i know you've got you know you've got another business as well that is kind of on hiatus now you and your tassels. That's a story for another day, Um, but you've, you've stepped into really your leadership and welcoming women into this work in a different way and really getting grounded into this kind of being energy and the energies of the universe, so to speak, specifically around the moons. So can you, can you talk a little bit about how you kind of came to hosting this moon circle, Mm -hmm. what its roots are in, why it's important to you and kind of the magic that happens in there. I'm totally part of the moon circle. (laughs) I love it. Yeah.
1: Our sacred moon circle is, it's such an honor to lead it because it's this space. And the reason why I was led to start it was because it was looking at how do we get back to who we were that return to self and looking at what did our ancestors do you know how did they connect with nature because one of the things that struck me was the tsunami i think it was in 2004 when it there was such a devastating loss of human life and it it really really struck me and then i heard reports that there was none of these elephants killed because they knew intuitively that this Tsunami was coming and they all headed for the hill so none of them died and I was like wait So you mean at some point we as humans had that level of intuition to connect with nature that we could sense these things were coming But because we've trapped ourselves into this modern living, you know, we don't live out and you know with nature anymore or connect to it That we've lost all of these abilities. So that Really made me want to look into what are we missing? What are we not connecting with that again could return us to so much power that's available to us, yet we're ignoring it. But obviously we're not gonna do things the same way as our ancestors did because times have moved on, technology's moved on. So it was looking for a way to how we could have, like the moon is feminine. So moon circles are about women getting together as community. So how could I take that? But put it with a modern twist <laughs> so we use technology to hold moon circles together and like in the moon circle there's women from 10 different countries across the world now we couldn't do that if we were physically holding moon circle but because of technology we're able to do this and hold circle with these women from across the world and it's about getting back to the intuition the ways that we can remember how to be in our power and you know, you mentioned about women in particular with moon cycles. And when people say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know about the moon, it's all woo, it doesn't affect me. I'm like, dude. It affects the tides on the planet. Right. (laughs) This is what I say. I'm like, how can you say?
0: Of course it does, right? Energy impacts us. I've been up in a glider, right? Playing with no engine. Mm -hmm. It's being held up because of the heat radiating off the earth, right? Like energy all around us impacts us. And the moon has always impacted me. But now that I've actually really tuned in to what that looks like, my life is a little bit easier because now
1: I know I'm like, "Oh, it's just the Moon." Exactly. <laughs> so now you know what it is in things. So you know, within the circle, there's women that have their own businesses, and they've learned: do I work well with a full moon energy or a new moon energy? And they can plan around even when they're going to launch things in their business. Because if the full moon energy (laughs) has you feeling crazy or just makes you want to sleep all day, not a good time to launch. But if the new moon energy makes you feel invigorated and want to go out there and do things and start new projects, great time to launch. So you can even weave this into your business, into your life. You can plan certain things out when you know it's coming. And then obviously on the calls we speak about, you may have been feeling this this week and everybody's like, oh, so it's totally normal. You go, yeah, it's just the moon. It's okay. We're going to get through In a few days it'll pass on to something else and then we'll have something else. And it's just getting back to that connection with nature that just, it, it can only do good for you. It can only put you into more power once you know how you are affected by these cycles on the earth, on the planet, because we're being affected by them whether we like it or not. It's like saying, oh, that all sounds good, but I don't believe in gravity. Well, if you jump off your chair, your butt is gonna end up on the ground whether you like it or not, because gravity is acting on you. So you can say you don't wanna take part in these universal laws and energies, but they're taking part on you. (laughs) So you You can either work with it or ignore it.
0: Exactly one of the reasons that I welcomed, you know, more woo into my life and started to learn about these. And I'm not, I don't even profess to know as much as, as you do. The reason that I welcome these into my life is because I wanted to bring magic and Mm. play and fun. Right. We talk about giving away your personal power when you're little, right. When I was a little girl, I thought I was a bloody mermaid every time I got into the bathtub, like, (laughs) you know, and I had daydreams. And so for me coming back to paying attention to the moon and crystals and having fun, it's something fun in my life because I Mm -hmm. can be very deep, very introspective. It's part of the work I do. And I needed to find ways where I could have fun with things and laugh at myself more. And, you know, with understanding the moon energy, it's also helped me to connect to my body on a deeper level because our cycles are actually linked up to a new moon right. <laughs> or yeah. a full moon, yeah. which I finally got in sync. We're coming up on a full moon now. Is it a new moon that we're coming yeah. up on? No, a full moon, right? That's a new moon, yeah. Okay. So that is really fascinating as well when you start to get your body in sync right. and you right. recognize what's going on. And you know, right. after years of you know, like most women years of birth control and things and manipulating Mm -hmm. our bodies, you know, when I decided to give all that up and I remember that conversation with my hubby, I was like, I need like, I need to take ownership of my body and really feel it and learn what's going on. That's been part of it for me as well. It's tuning into my intuition more, understanding my cycles, feeling what's happening for my body uh, because it is different for everybody. And that's, All of these things that are available with all the amazing people that I know are about me knowing me better. And at the end of the day, that's really what self-care is about is I want to have a phenomenal relationship with myself where I actually know who I am and what's going on. And that's like you, it's taken me years to unpeel the layers, take off the clothes and mm-hmm. discover that. And, you know, now I'm being shown that in so many uh, beautiful and amazing ways. So it's something that I want for everybody. Mm-hmm. But,
1: yeah, you know, we always say that the greatest gift you can give yourself is to truly get to know yourself. Yeah. You know, if you, if you take off those layers of clothing or those labels and identities that other people have given you, who is underneath, and then really exploring that person and connecting with them on a deep level. That's the greatest gift you can possibly have in this lifetime because so many people will be born and go through this entire life and know nothing about themselves. Oh.
0: There's so much freedom on the other side of it. You give yes. you <laughs> guess, give less flying you-know-whats about what other people <laughs> think. You're willing to step out that's and really try different things there's just so much freedom mm-hmm. because you stop worrying about trying to get things right. And you start just trying things. You have a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. You're not layered with judgment. Um, it just, life just opens up and it can be yeah. so much more magical when you do this work. So tell everybody where they can find you, how they can find out more about the moon circle. I don't think it's open for registration now, but it might be open for registration again soon,
1: but where can they find you? I'm mostly on Instagram, which is at Aichel Francis, And my website as well is AichelFrancis.com. Can you tell the theme of keeping it simple? <laughs> I'm the same way. And it's spelled I-C-H-E-L. Yes. And then Francis is F-R-A-N-C-I-S. Perfect.
0: I'm going to put it in the show notes, but I like to make sure that people are clear, <laughs> clear on where to find you. I have loved spending this time with you and having this conversation. I think it's going to resonate with my listeners so much. And especially now, because so many of us, we just, ladies, it's time. It's time that we all take responsibility for our personal power and caring for ourselves. It's really the only way. It's the only way to peace and serenity, regardless of the circumstances that are swirling around you it is possible to yeah. feel good even amongst the chaos um, so thank you so much for being here it's been such a it's such a pleasure
1: thank you so much for having me and for everybody listening I just adore you Lisa and it's such a pleasure to be here and speak with you
0: I feel the same about you. Just so grateful that we are paths crossed. But of course they did, because we always find our way back to the people
1: that, that we're meant to so in
0: this lifetime. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If it resonated with you, please make sure that you share it, forward it on to your friends, family, colleagues, whoever you believe needs to hear this message. And if you haven't done so yet, make sure you head over to iTunes or your listening platform of preference and leave a rating, hopefully a great one and an amazing review. I get all of them and I love, I love to read them. They really warm my heart. So thank you again, Aisha, And I will see you all on, or I guess you'll hear me all on the next episode.